morning bitches and welcome to wellness for real it's your girl marlena and on today's episode felicia and i chat with zoe abbott all about wealth and weight loss zoe has lost 160 pounds and is also a super successful entrepreneur helping people fix their finances so we wanted to have her on the show to help us all so that we can all be wealthy well bitches <laughs> hope you guys enjoy this episode make sure you check out zoe's website thezoeabbott.com we'll also have all of her information in the description of this episode if you want to learn more about her services and uh Let's get it started. I call myself a financial success consultant, and I have a pretty successful business that's nationwide. Um, I have offices in Florida and in Boston. So um, we have about um, a team of like 150 um, individual consultants that work with families uh, across the country. And uh, we specialize specifically in debt elimination and credit repair, as well as basic financial planning, uh, retirement planning, life insurance, and basic estate planning. So we're really like a one-stop shop. Probably um, one of the biggest things with us, we have helped thousands of families eliminate over $50 million of debt in the last couple of years. And Great. we've protected a bunch of families. Um, so we are, you know, and I would just say what really stands out about us, I think, is just the method that we go about working with people. I think sometimes the financial planning, it's about realism and and trying to make people's goals and dreams fit into their reality. And we're the opposite. We want to expand people's uh, realities to fit their goals and dreams. So we just have a different approach on how we help coach and educate and build people and help them get to where they want to be. So you mentioned credit repair and Felicia and I were chatting about this before the show. And I was like, I repaired my credit last year. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't even realize you can do. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can get educated on and do yourself. And then you know, for the average everyday person also, you know, there's work that can be done that you can actually pay for. Uh, Just, I like to use the analogy. It's like you can renovate your own own home yourself, right? Or you can pay someone to do it. And sometimes that person is going to do a better job. It's going to be faster. It's going to have a better result. Um, and in a lot of cases that is, that is the case. So we definitely work with different companies that, you know, help people to, you know, get stuff cleaned up, um, build your credit, uh, because obviously in this day and age, it's really important to have excellent credit, you know? It's so important to a level that I think people don't even realize. I mean, I have a daughter who is 19, who just got her first credit card. Um, to build her credit and just having to sit down with her because there's no classes in college there's or in school and high school. They don't talk to you about how everything revolves around your credit. 100%, but they're happy to give you tons of student loan debt and offer you a bunch of debt and sell you the newest cars and, you know, (laughs) offer you all that stuff. Yeah. People really, it's, um, it's really a trap, you know, and and I really pride myself a lot on being very strong on education. Um, I feel like the more education the person has, the more in control they are, you know, the more responsive, the more responsible they're going to be. It's all 
related to their level of knowledge in any given field, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw on your YouTube, you had mentioned, and I found this interesting that people pay their debt so wrong. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing I was wondering if you wouldn't mind talking about a little bit. Almost everybody that I sit down with that has any sort of debt or problems with debt is paying their debt wrong. And what I mean by this is let's say they have multiple sources, they have multiple cards, they have loans and and whatnot, and then they have extra money coming in. They'll just randomly throw a little bit extra at everything, knowing mentally that, okay, I'm getting a little bit further down on the debt Um, when it really should be very like methodical and very logical how you go about it. There's a couple different methods that we teach um, people. We teach them about debt stacking and debt snowballing. Um, And there's actually this great finance app that's completely free that people can download. um, And you can try both of those methods. But, you know, really, really basic in a nutshell, debt stacking is taking your highest interest debt first and focusing on one while paying the others at minimum, essentially. And then once you finish that, you take the same payment and move it to the next one and so forth. So it's a very structured, okay? And debt snowballing is taking your smallest debt first, eliminating that, and then moving to the the largest. Now, depending on how your debt um, is, you know, in terms of like how many debt sources that you have and how many cards or what the payments are, you either one of those is going to be a better route for you. But what's interesting is I found an app where it's completely free. You can enter in all your data information on like the debts, the pay, the minimum payments, the interest rates. And you can actually click between both options and find out which one's going to save you the most money. I put someone through a debt calculator um, to show them debt stacking versus how they were just randomly throwing money at their debt. I'm doing a little bit more on all of them. And I saved them thousands of dollars over a couple of years of paying their debt down just by tweaking that one thing. So how you pay your debt is important. It does cost you or save you more money depending on how you do it. And I think people get really dispersed by it. You know, they're just like, it bothers them. Obviously, like most people really don't like owing money. You feel like you're beholden to someone or something and it's a horrible situation to be in. I mean, I personally would hate owing anybody anything. You know, it feels like you're almost like, you know, part of you is like, like a slave to them in some way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of my major goals for 2020 was actually to pay off debt. I had about $10,000 in like, you know, the store cards, right? So like the home yeah. depots that, that accrue like 24.99% interest. And it was just like this impossible hole. And I felt so burdened by it constantly. Um, and luckily we found, we did find a way to pay it all off last year. Um, That's so, awesome. so now, but I feel like 10,000 feels small compared to what a lot of other people have on their plates, especially people who do have student loan debt in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and feel so just lost and like it'll never, you know, they'll never come out from under that. So where do you feel like is a good place for someone to start if they're in that situation? You know, honestly, the the first place is facing the situation. That's the hardest (laughs) thing to do because once you face it, um, then you feel like you can maybe reach out to someone about it. Um, everything, everything in life starts with mindset, everything, your mindset, you have to be in that position where you are willing to and want, and you're reaching for change. 
Um, and that's like step one. And that's the hardest thing to get to. The next thing is reaching out to someone like me or someone who can help or look into it for yourself. Cause like, honestly, there is so much out there, but I find with a lot of things, it really is good to have someone just like some people, you know, they can do their own taxes and some people need a CPA, you know, it's like some people can renovate their own kitchen and some people need to hire someone to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I really look at it the same thing. I think anything that you're not hundred percent on top of, or you're having trouble with, you should find someone to do it. Like, you know, uh, with my weight loss journey and stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, you know, I have worked with personal trainers every step of the way, you know, um, it, it was what I needed, you know, and you know, the results of that activity is a hundred percent priceless, you know, whenever anyone's trying to to achieve their goals in that area. I'm like personal trainer is one of the best investments you can make, you know? So it's the same thing, you know, it's a finance coach or another person, you know, to be with or work with. So, so if someone chooses to go that route and like work with a professional, like, what does that look like? What exactly does it all entail? Okay. So I mainly, I serve pretty much everyone. I've got clients that make very little per year. I have clients that make seven figures and everything in between. I would say that my business model was really designed to, to particularly cater to the middle market. So most of this country would be my client um, and you know my staff and my agents and so forth. Um, what I found is when you're working in a middle market, you know, you've got people, they're not going to pay you to tell you what to do with your no money right? Like, it's like, they need the financial help and advice, but you know, they don't even have that much to work with. So why are you going to pay someone to tell you what to do with it? Right? Like there are people that have a lot of money that can sit down and pay someone 10 to $15,000 just to sit down with them and tell them what they should do, you know, or, you know, pay them to have regular meetings. And, and there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes to manage it. So the way that we work is that we are kind of like amazon.com in that when you go to Amazon, you can, let's say you want to buy a Kindle, but you can also look at and compare other products like a Nook or an iPad or something like that, right? So our business is that we represent the financial services industry, all of the major companies that, you know, aren't captive, meaning they if you represent them, you can only represent them. So we represent majority of the financial services industry and all of the products that exist out there. And what we do is we bring education and help to families. We help them when we find a product or solution that solves their problems, we match them up with that company and that company then compensates us for that activity. Okay. And there's tons of, tons of products and services that I do that I actually don't get compensated on, but it's okay. Because what happens is that I help that person get their stuff cleaned up. And then within the next year, two, three, four years, depending on how long it takes for me to help dig them out, they will, I earn their business that way. It's great goodwill for me. I don't have to pay for marketing or anything like that because it's self-marketing. And then, you know, obviously if I help someone and they're like, wow, she helped me get to this debt or she freed up this money or I'm my credit's great or something like that, then I'm the first person that that person's going to think about when they run into someone who might need some help with their finances or might want to be investing or saving money or buy life insurance or whatever it is that that person needs, right? 
And I've built my business this way and it's, it's been really successful and we're nationwide. So, um, that's pretty much what it looks like. You know, it starts okay. with contacting. So Go if ahead. I call you, I'm just going to slow you down a minute. So if I call you and say, okay, Hey, it's Felicia. And I want to talk to you. And I have $10,000 of credit card debt. I make yeah. 60 grand a year. I've got $10,000 of credit card debt. I can't get out of it. I'm paying all these payments. How would you, would I fill a form out with you? Like kind of what, how do I see you face to face? Do I zoom with you? Or do you have me fill something out and then you send me somewhere else? Like, how does that look? So there's a couple of ways. Um, people will reach out directly to me through my social media channels. Um, people will go to my website, right? Most of our business is word of mouth. Okay. okay. But we have been definitely, you know, as I've been growing and, and people have, you know, found out about me and I've been sure. on podcasts, you know, so now it's a little like more people go through my website. They can basically fill out a form and then they're okay. matched up with me or one of my people, depending on the schedule. Um, there is a form that they can download directly off my website, which is a financial needs analysis form, a financial intake form. That helps a lot. That has to be filled out, whether it's going to be one-on-one with one of my people or me, or someone fills it out and sends it in. And then from there, then you get a con- consulting session. Consulting is free. Okay. Um, Consulting is always free. And the reason for that is because of the market we're serving. And we understand if someone's going, someone who is having financial problems needs financial planning and help. But if they're having financial problems, they not be, they can't pay for it, you know? Right, so sure. it's like, how do you overcome that? So we really do give a lot of free advice and help, honestly. And okay. it's up for us to earn business. But generally speaking, you know, if we can come, we're good enough that we can solve these problems, you know, help them with their credit and so forth. So we earn it. Um, and let's be real. You don't need to sell someone to save money, make money with their money or have money or protect their families. Everyone wants to do that. They just need help to do that. They just need the right vehicles or the services or the products. Now, of course, those services or products will have some sort of price or cost attached to them. But if the person needs it and it's the right thing, they're going to, they're going to get it. It's eventually going to occur. You know what I mean? Right. So So if I work with you and I get myself out of debt where you really make your money is when I come back and say, Hey, I want to invest with you or I want to do insurance with you or I want to, I want those types of things. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if I'm starting with that debt space. So the intake form has information about your debt the kind of 100%. Debt you have. So. It's going to, it's yeah, it's going to ask all the basic main questions that I would need to know. How much money you make? What are your expenses and bills? What, are, what debts do you have? How much are you paying on them? What the interest rates are? Then I can take a look at that and be like, okay, great. Let me help you figure that out. I also, if people want to do it themselves, because it's a whole step to face it yourself. Sometimes people are, would much rather work with someone, but sometimes people want to do it by themselves. If that's cool too, I've got, I know of a free app. They can just go there, right. enter it, all their information. And they, they don't have to share that. it with anybody. They can put themselves through. This app is amazing. It's called My Finance Tools. And mm. it it's free. It's a cool. free downloadable app. We like and free stuff. Yeah, free stuff's great. <laughs> you know, like Credit Karma is free. So My Finance Tools. So basically you you, it has a debt stacker calculator, a debt snowballing calculator, even has a debt settlement calculator. Like, let's say someone's like, wow, I'm in too deep. I can't even make my payments, but I don't want to do bankruptcy. What are my other options? Can I do a consolidation or a settlement? It'll even calculate like, 
estimated savings and how fast you would get out of debt and you can put in how much you can put towards it, for example, is actually brilliant. You know, cool. it has, yeah, it's a great app. So Ooh, it definitely like going to have to check that out. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you're pretty much open to anybody and depending on once they meet with you and kind of go through things, they can decide from there what works for them. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, we earn a lot of business through Goodwill. There's a lot of people we help that we don't make any money on. That's great. You know? Um, and then, you know, eventually we earn business from other, from the clients, you know, by so, helping them with like investments. So we were just talking, her and I were talking about investments and how I think a lot of people have been sort of up and down, like, should I invest? Should I not invest because of what is happening with COVID? I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, this is a really good time to invest. And then other people are like, no, but it's down. You shouldn't invest. Like, so what are your thoughts on that? So um, actually a lot of the products that we work with are, call, are called indexed products. An index is like an index finger, right? It's an indicator based off of it. So in a product like that, there's no downside risk. You can't lose any money. Um, yeah. And you can basically make the average performance of an index, which is like a collection of companies or funds or something like that to make it very simple. Sure. So we actually work with a lot of indexed products, which is a great place for anybody to start. They're, they're good for anybody. Everyone should have them. It's just that obviously, um, majority of the population doesn't necessarily, they're not stock traders or brokers and they're not going to do research on, you know, all that stuff. So they really belong most of those guys in those funds. And even people that are very well-versed will have percentages of their money in those types of funds. So we really help people set that sort of stuff up. Um, we do definitely have stock market variable products too. And the, you know, when someone says it's a good time, it's always good. Always you should always be investing. Always, always. Like it, it needs to be a habit. It's like, it's like you brush your teeth every morning. So you should always be saving and investing. So even if you don't have a lot of money, how do you start with that? Like how, what's, what's we the minimum somebody could start? 10 bucks. Okay. I have products where the minimum is 10 bucks. And that is a game changer. Uh, so many people use the excuse, like I, I need to do it once I get out of debt. And by the way, that's the number one mistake everyone makes is that I need to get out of debt before I can save. Debt was a solution to a problem that shouldn't have existed in the first place. If you had money, you wouldn't have gone into debt. So the only way to break that process, that cycle is to put in the habit and the routine and start building your savings and investments simultaneously to handling the debt. At some point, those two things are going to pass like ships in the night. Your investments, and your savings are going to be much higher. And then you can control this. You don't have to continuously go in and out of debt, which is what I find people do. Um, it, it's crazy statistics on the amount of people that have to go through consolidations or settlement debt programs over and over and over again in their life or multiple bankruptcies. Like my father went through three bankruptcies in my life before he passed away in his mid fifties of a stroke, mid his third bankruptcy. That, that is why I do finance. Like I am super, super, super passionate about what I do because I've experienced all the ups and downs. I've been extremely poor. I've been pretty well off. I've been very secure. I mean, I'm in my thirties and I'm in a position where I can live to work as opposed to work to live. I worked really hard to get to this point 
And I've gone through so much in my life and I've experienced everything and I've seen everything and I've gotten people through it. I mean, there's people that I've dug out of hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and people that I've dug out of a couple thousand dollars of debt, you know? Right, so sure. yeah. Um, so it's like, this is a subject for many podcasts, probably. <laughs> but, so, but you're saying everybody should be investing and no matter where you are sitting financially, the there's an opportunity yeah. for you. Okay. 100%. Well, I needed to hear that because I don't know shit about investing. So where's a yeah. good place to start? You know, I, you know, one thing that I don't do is I don't just give rand. I, I can't just like advise with you know, investing. It's kind of, a you weird... just can't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You also don't want to get in trouble for bad sort of <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> there's a couple of things that I usually start people with. I'm like, okay, you should do like a basic investing. I've got a pretty cool app that we use. Um, uh, that's the $10 minimum sort of thing. So it's, um, you know, just really basic, moderate exchange traded funds and mutual funds, super easy to get started kind of thing. I always think like making a, making an, a, an expense, like making it as a bill where it comes out automatically, whether it's weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever is the smartest thing to do with anybody. And I don't really care how much it is. Like if it was like five bucks or 10 bucks, I don't, I don't anything. It's amazing what will happen over a long period of time when you do that. In fact, I show people that I set up, I set up a couple, I set up an investment account and then I kept adding to them. And I had them for like little things like, oh, this is going to be my emergency fund. This is my kid's fund. This is my, um, I even had a baby clothes fund when my kid was smaller, like that I would use to, you know, I have a vacation fund, all these things. And I put them, I showed, I was doing $10 a week in this. I was doing a hundred dollars a month on this. I was doing this. I've shown them how it's grown to tens of thousands of dollars over the last years without me even realizing it because I put it on a bill. You know, I put it on a monthly expense. It gets paid just like my cell phone bill, just like my electric bill. It is the most powerful thing. I I, I swear. Um, and I show people all the time. So it's like an automated, you just have it come out of your, for yeah. all these different things. Oh, yeah, I like it's that. Very similar to like acorns and, and all things, but it's a more, it's more like actively invested and it's, it's more like, you know, and you can also go back and forth too. Like you can have some where you control when it comes in and out, very user-friendly. Um, yeah, I mean, I have specific advisors that I use on that. So if people are interested, they can always reach out and I can get them started on that. Um, and then we also, like I say, use index accounts. So, you know, we teach people how you can be your own bank, how to, how to use life insurance, how to use products called annuities and different things like that, which is usually for older older people, um, with more conservative strategies and so forth. But there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff, but you know, you can't, you're not going to give the same advice to a 30 year old that you're going to give to a 60 year old that you're going to give to an 18 year old. Right. And then everybody makes a different amount of money. Everyone has right, different right. goals. So it's like, it's really hard. It's not like I'm going to dish so out. You could go on your advice. website though, if you wanted to uh -huh. invest and do the same thing. Do you fill out a form if you're interested in invest? and investing yeah, and, and yeah. you can get a consultation kind of a thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, we never do business on the first appointment. The first appointment is literally a consultation. Um, and then, you know, for me, it's so important because everything is goals-based planning. What do you want short-term, midterm and long-term? And how do we get all of that going at the same time? How do we get you where you want to go? Um, we've got some really amazing reports and calculators and stuff. Like if someone tells me, 
Uh, Zoe, I want to have a $10,000 a month income starting at this age till I die. What do I have to do to do that? I can literally can work it back from that goal and be like, okay, buddy, for you to do this, you need to invest about this much per month, you know? And, and if you want to get to that goal faster, you just have to up it by this amount. So we have calculators and all sorts of things that actually give people an idea of what they actually have to do to hit their goals. And sometimes those goals seem really, really big. But if you don't even know what you need to do to hit the goal, it's like literally kicking a soccer ball around a field with no goal. You're, it's like <laughs> you're just running around in circles, right? You're right. But you can ah. put the goal down. And even if it seems like it's a whole marathon to get there, at least, you know, you can see your goal and you know what you need to do. Right. And then your problem is not, not knowing what you need to do, but it's actually like, okay, how do I solve that problem of getting to that goal faster? That's a much easier thing to do than not have a single clue. I would agree on how to get there. Yeah. I'm someone that invested a lot later in life and yeah. Um, because I didn't come from money. I, you know, I didn't come from money. So I didn't have parents that, you know, I came single mom, teenage mom. I mean, just nobody taught me about, I didn't even understand. Like when I started my first job, I go, what is a 401k? I don't get it. It's just someone that's trying to take my money. So like, I didn't understand what that was. Um, And so I feel like going, I have a financial person and it was the best decision for me, because I sat down with her and just like you said, what's your long-term goal and what do you want to do when you retire? How much money are you going to need? And from there, she looked at my income, my husband and said, this is what you need to be saving to get there. And every year we adjust that and change that. And, you know, based on, you know, COVID did not help my income very much because I own a business that's very not COVID friendly. Um, But, you know, but she, but at the same time, she was like, the one thing that I didn't change was that I had to do, st- I still had to invest because right. I'm going to still have to retire <laughs> um, at some point. So sure. it was just, but having that plan changed everything for me, because just like you said, like, if anything, if you don't have a goal, it's really hard to know what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you know, what you're striving for. So I, I definitely believe that um, with, when it comes to money, that's really, really important. hundred percent. And what I'm getting from all of this is just like every other aspect of our wellness, like there is no one size fits all, right? Like, yeah, you know, um, I, I was, I, I've been, you know, talking to people, you know, for a while and I like worked out that finance is really similar. Like building wealth is really similar to like losing weight. You know, it's like, Um, everyone wants it tomorrow. They want to be wealthy tomorrow. (laughs) They want to lose a hundred pounds tomorrow. Um, there's going to be certain rules that are going to apply across the boards to everyone like and dieting, right? Like pretty much no diet is like eat bunch of processed sugar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's a bit of that, like across the boards, like that's just like facts. Like if your body burns a certain amount of energy or fuel and you're putting in more than it's burning, it's not going to work. Right. Right. Like now, are there a couple different methods and different diet, uh, different plans that work different for different people? A hundred percent, but there's still stuff that's going to, and it's the same thing, like with investing or building wealth. Right. And what are, what are, what's the key thing though, is getting those basic laws and rules in place. Right. And then constant continual 
disciplined dedication and persistence to doing almost boring activities (laughs) continually on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Like, let's be real, like, like habits that you need to form. Like, and I know because I've lost 160 pounds in the last year and a half. And it's, it's just literally doing repetitive disciplined actions. It's not, there's not some, like, I wish I could say, I mean, yeah, there's different diet. I mean, I, I work with trainers and there are different things that I've done throughout that time. But like, what's the one constant through it is like, yeah, I go to the gym a lot. (laughs) I don't eat as much. And so wealth is the same thing. I put away money yeah regularly just being consistent Consistent. yeah yeah and people want to know like is there some magical thing I'm like I mean there's a bunch of things you can do that are going to help speed different things up you can try this you can try that but like ultimately if you don't stick to anything for a long enough period of time it's not going to get results so it's the same thing with the wealth you know it's like you're not going to apart from winning the lottery which everyone's whatever (laughs) yeah totally totally yeah but, but they I mean, say ninety eight percent of people spend blow all that in. Yeah, two I was years just gonna anyway. say most people who win the lottery yeah. end up broke because broke. they have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's I, I love that comparison of weight loss and growing wealth. Like I have never connected those two Me things. Neither. So I appreciate you doing that because I Me also neither. Had, <laughs> I also have had significant weight loss and really it do, and now I've been maintaining for almost two years and it is it's just you just have to be consistent with those habits. So. I'm getting a lot out of this recording. So thank you. I love, it. I love it. it. And um, so what was for you, like what started you, what sparked your weight loss journey? Well, um, it was, a, it was a series of things. I will, I actually say that I, I finally looked at it and I was like, why am I not applying the same things that I teach people about building wealth? Cause I've never had like, you know, since I've been in this business, I've been really great at building wealth for myself, investing, helping other people do it. So it never made any sense to me why I was a very, you know, strong-willed, disciplined person and very productive and busy why I had so much trouble with my own body. Like it, it didn't even make sense. I wasn't like, I'm not even like, it just personality wise, I couldn't even understand why I was just like, why am I, I'm like a skinny person stuck in a fat person's body. I just don't even get it, you know? And I was just like, okay, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to actually take how I coach people on this and figure out how to make it work, you know? So that was it. There was also a series of very traumatic things that happened to me too, um, that, you know, I'll open up about a little bit, uh, that really, really were really changed me a bit. Um, one was I lost my father of a stroke, uh, to a stroke. He wasn't particularly overweight, but he was, um, you know, he was in his fifties and I re and it did make me aware of like my own health. So that was one thing that happened. Um, another thing, another thing was I had, the, I had this, um, incident where I went to an amusement park, right. And I sat through a line or I stood through a line of, gosh, I think it was at least an hour or two. And then when I got there, I couldn't fit in the ride. And I had two people trying to like beat me into the seat and press the lever down. And it was absolutely mortifying. It was so traumatizing, like to see all these people watch as these two people were trying to like fit me into this roller coaster and I couldn't even fit. And then I had to get up and leave and walk out. I was like, 
I can't even tell you how embarrassed and depressed I was about that. So that was pretty rough. And then um, around that time too, I was traveling a bit for work and like, I would have to like, I would be too embarrassed to ask for a seatbelt extender because I couldn't close my seatbelt, you know? And there were times when I would just fly and hide my seatbelt because I was so embarrassed Um, and I was sitting there the whole time being just like, I can't, you know, so there were like a series of things, right? Then one thing that was happening in my mind was I was already like, I'm 315, 320 pounds at my heaviest. And I was like in apathy. I was like, it's not even real to me that I could ever get down to like a healthy weight when you're that big. I was almost just trying to like figure out how to love myself and how to accept myself the way that I was, but I really couldn't because it, at that stage, I was so, I was so overweight that it, it had nothing to do with aesthetics at that point. It was like literally health, you know, like I'm borderline diabetic. I'm, you know, getting thyroid issues. I'm tired. I feel like my body hurts all the time. Like it was not good, but ultimately, and I'm going to be totally honest with you as much as health alone should have been my sole motivation. I was actually worried about how I would feel about my body if I lost all that weight and how it would look, you know? And what I mean by that is like, you know, I saw people that had lost over a hundred something pounds and they looked like a deflated balloon. Right. And I was already, I already hated the way that I looked and I already had a whole lot of lack of confidence and constantly wondering what people thought of when they saw me or they looked at me. So I, I was trying to imagine how I would feel about myself and my body if I did lose all that weight, I'd feel even worse about the way that I looked. Right. So I found myself in this really horrible place because I felt bad. And I'm admitting to you literally that what was holding me back was aesthetics, even though it should have been health, you know, I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. That was the last, that (laughs) was the last component. Cause I was like, okay, I don't look that great. I'm fat, but at least I'm filled out you know, at least I have really nice looking boobs or something. Yeah. Like, I'm no, being I honest. Feel, no, I I'm appreciate your totally get it. I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked a lot about a lot in weight loss. Um, people being afraid of loose skin and being afraid of, um, like, yeah. just like you said, what their body's going to look like after weight loss. I'm willing um, to admit it. I mean, I was like, my boobs look really good right now. Like, <laughs> like it's stupid stuff, but it's it was not real. stupid though. It's, it's real not. stuff. It's not. Yeah, you it's know, real. it's real. Totally. And I think yeah. people struggle with that. And, you know, I, I think that's a like to lose half your body size is, huge. I mean, it does change the way that you look and totally, totally. So I think so. That's... Yeah. So well, you I'll look amazing. You like what you. I, you know, um, you look Thank great. You. And... Thank you. And I'll tell you, there was a girl on Instagram that I followed. Her name is Simone Anderson and she's in New Zealand. And I actually reached out to her and I watched her journey and she was, um, she was a, a little bit younger than me, but around the same age, she was like 380 at her heaviest, but she was a, quite a bit taller than me. So if we looked at it, we were about the same. So I really related to her with age and size. And I saw her transformation and I saw her start to lose weight. I saw her get, um, she got a gastric sleeve, um, to help her, you know, handle that, like, like portion control. She, and then by the time she had lost a lot of her weight, she actually went and got skin removal surgery. So I was like, oh my gosh, 
in, in after her skin removal surgery, I mean, she looks like a model and she looked great and her scars were faded or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to lose the weight and I'm going to go get myself skin removal surgery. And I did it. You know, I got my skin removal. Yeah. I got my skin removal surgery, um, a couple months ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have a few people on our show that have done that and have had really great experiences and have actually chronic like showed it on their Instagrams and it's been really life changing for them. So I'm going to I'm that is my plan, by the way, like I'm it's just that I I've only I'm only a couple months out. So I was going to let my scars heal a bit, fade a little bit. So but but yeah, I'm I'm ready to show people what mine look like. And, you know, um, I still have weight to lose and I'm not a hundred percent, although it's really hard. If you talk to almost anybody, they're not a hundred percent on their body, but I am pretty close to feeling pretty confident and comfortable in it. Definitely miles and light years ahead of where I was, you know? Um, and I'm really proud of my accomplishments, you know, and you should be. And even if I didn't have the skin removal surgery still, it's like, if you want to, I mean, the marks in the skin are, reminders of how of your warriorness you know so I mean you can own it you can also get rid of it and I don't think there's you know I think there's anything wrong with it I don't think people should change their body for anybody else but themselves but if they want to I mean just medical advances are phenomenal I mean I have a light scar it looks like a like an invisible G string almost, you know, it's, it's, it's not even, it's like a little heart in the back and it, it it's one is a little pink line. It's not even, you know, and I don't, I don't feel terrible about myself or anything like that, you know, Good so for it's nice. you though. That's great. And you have a daughter, right? Yeah. I have a daughter. Okay. She's seven. Okay. That's what I yeah. thought. So yeah, you're a mama too, which is amazing. I'm a mama. Yeah. We and that it. was one of the things too. My kid was like, mom, I, I want you to be able to dance and go to the beach with me and, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, "Mm," you know, like that was a a motivation for me too. You know, I'd, I'd like to admit that my health and that was enough, but it wasn't, I, I needed everything. I needed to also get rid of that last concern about the aesthetics of, you know, because a lot of it has to do with confidence and how I feel about myself. And if I hate myself, okay. you know, it doesn't help. <laughs> so no. yeah. 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 Really and a lot of that is the, the inner work too. And I'm sure you did a lot of that throughout the last, uh, couple of years, like you said, learning to love yourself, even in the beginning of that whole process. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love that. I Mind, think- mindset's everything and mindset's about finance too. You have to, to change yep. your ideas about it. People have all these fixed false information. They decided that they, you know, they have problems with money, you know? Yeah. What do you feel like? What, what is one of the biggest myths people have about finances? That it's hard, um, (laughs) you know, that they can't have money. Uh, What are, what are things that people say? Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is the root of all evil. I cover that in my blogs and stuff, like, because I've read a lot of books and obviously I've had a lot of experience working with thousands of families. Also, prior to being in finance, I was in nonprofit counseling for 10 years. So I really, really got to understand people the way they think, what bothers them, you know, and I know, I knew going into this industry, one of the reasons I went into it was it's one of the main ruins that people have besides sex and relationships. Money is like number one, number one. Um, And it's like the main reason that people 
you know, get divorced is the main reason that uh, suicide occurs, money, you know, money issues, finance issues. So um, huge area, right? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, like things like, uh, and I'll address some of these, like money doesn't grow in trees. Like it's true, right? Money does not literally grow in trees, but what is, what is the point of saying that? What, what is the communication that's actually coming through when you say that what you're trying to tell people is that it's scarce, that there's a scarcity, that it isn't easy, that you can't just go out and get it, which is not true. Right. But so many people have it like grilled into their heads that, it's, it's hard or something, or that it's scarce, or there isn't an abundance out there and they can't think with an abundance mindset and they really need to. And it, some people don't even realize that they're walking around with these stuck false information, like in their head and they operate that way and everything they look through, like these rose colored glasses of all of their false and fixed ideas, you know? And so it's like ripping that away and, and realizing abundance. There's you, there's billions and trillions of dollars out there and you can go and get it. You can make it by creating, by building a business, by, you know, working all that stuff. Right. So that's one thing. The other thing is money is the root of all evil, right? We have seen so many times people do evil things for money, right? Let's be real. But that as a datum doesn't really work because the truth is, is that it itself is not really the problem it's the person. Right. Right. And one of the things that I tell people is like, you know, from my, and I've studied this, this is not coming from, I am not the source of this data. It's just truth. It's just observable truth. And you can learn and read about this from people that have written about it. Tons of people, tons of authors, tons of self-help, tons of financial people, but you know, money is a magnifier. It's like a magnifying glass. If you were a jerk total POS, <laughs> and now you have a bunch of money, you are now a bigger one <laughs> with a huge magnifying glass and you can just be more of that. Yeah. If you are a beautiful, loving, kind, generous person and you have a lot of money given to you, you are even more beautiful, loving, kind, and generous, right? right. And so I like to tell people that because they shouldn't have this idea that having or making a lot of money is bad. Because people that do will tend to not try to make it. They will have different ideas like, well, you know, money, you know, I don't really do things for money. I'm like, what is that? What are you talking about? Like, you know, like people get into the thing because they're really good people and they're like, you know, whatever, you know, and it, but it's interesting, these little things these little things, these little mindset things, they mess with people and they destroy their entire lives No, and, I agree. and, and make them small, you know? Yeah. I think definitely. money also can be shameful though. I do. I think there's that piece. I think having debt in a society where, you know, everything is based on your credit and, you know, it, there's shame that comes with it. There's shame that comes when you have a lot of debt and having that comfort level to be able to call someone or email someone and say, Okay. You know, even like you talked about like weight loss coming to someone and having to weigh in in front of somebody, there's shame that comes with that for a lot of people. So I think having a comfort level to be able to come to the table and say, okay, yeah, I got, you know, a thousand dollars with the credit card debt from express or, you know, like, and, you know, and from home Depot or whatever, all those places are and having someone Mm -hmm. who's willing to talk to them that makes them not feel that shame and make, I, and I agree. I, 
That's 100%. The thing. It's a real embarrassment. Thing. <laughs> Embarrassment's a real thing. Embarrassment's a real thing. And feeling like comfortable with the person and feeling like you can say anything and not be judged, you know. And I've had people come to me with, well, like $50 million of debt in the last couple of years. I mean, people have spent money on everything under the sun, moon, and stars. And right. I don't care, you know, like literally. I mean, I worked in counseling for over 10 years. I have listened to and you know, kept completely within me, all of their deepest secrets and issues and inner workings. There is not a single thing that someone cannot tell me that I have not heard. (laughs) Literally (laughs) like the most crazy stuff. And I don't even consider it crazy anymore because I'm just like, we're all, we have all been places and done things and experienced things we don't talk about, you know, like I don't, I've never met a perfect person. I've never met someone who doesn't have something that they've been through in their lives that is mortifying or that they couldn't tell, they wouldn't want to tell anybody about, like, let's be real. We're not, none of us are perfect. Um, but literally there's not a single thing that I don't think that I've heard, um, because I've probably put in about 20 to 30,000 hours of counseling. I've heard it all. There's not one thing that someone could tell me, like, even if it's gross, like nothing, <laughs> literally their money on gross. No, yeah. money, you heard it all. sex, you name it. I have heard it all. Like nothing would shock me, but that's good to know. Terrible stuff. For yeah. Some people, they, that's some, a reason why they don't reach out for help totally. or even to invest because they, a, they don't think because I don't make a hundred grand a year, I can't invest. B, because I have debt, I don't feel comfortable talking to someone about it. They're going to judge me. Like I think, so I think being able to break those kinds of barriers down for people makes it easier to know that anybody is, you know, I think has an opportunity to benefit. Yeah. And it's a total judgment-free zone. Also, like, like some people will come to me and they're like, "I, I have so much debt. I was like, don't worry about it. You're, you're not the worst and you're not the best. Trust me. Like I've sat in front of people that come to me with seven figure debt. And I've had people come to me with a couple thousand dollars debt and everything in between. And it really doesn't matter so much to me, like how you got into the debt, what the debt's for. I mean, you can disclose or not disclose right. that, as Let's far as I'm concerned. Let's get you out of it. Exactly. How do we do that? Because you're the only one who suffers, right? The whole debt and credit world is, it's a business, okay? And they make money no matter what you do. So it is really honestly, like, how do you help that person do something that is going to benefit them the most and harm them the least. And it's very simple. And I am extremely not emotional about how you go about this stuff. I am literally just, what is the best thing for this person? And what's the, what's the way to get them through this? That's going to be the least damage and the most construction versus the most destruction. It's very simple. It's not, it's not emotional. It's not complicated. It's just facts. It's just like, okay, what do we do? Perfect. And then we just do it, you know? Cool. That's I awesome. All right. Well, this is great. Yeah, this was fantastic. And just one other like correlation with like weight loss and wellness and finances. Yeah. I find yeah. that um, f- for people who, like you said, you grew up really poor, uh, there tends to be like a self-worth issue there as well, right? Like some people just feel like they don't deserve wealth. They don't deserve health. And that's something you got to work on first. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Cause we all deserve it. 
We all absolutely we do. Zoe, this was amazing. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. You're going to be hearing from me. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and we'll I definitely share all of your information in the description of this episode. So make sure to check out Zoe's Instagram and her website for more information and get you a free consultation. So you should get your money right. So no right. matter where you live, you can you you can yes. you can utilize it, right? Doesn't matter where it. you live. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so much. in the it U.S. In the U.S. I'm working in okay. getting it uh, expanding to Canada, but yeah, in the U.S. we work in every state. Okay, beautiful. It's great to meet you. You too. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. <laughs> See ya. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.